In this week's podcast, we're going to talk to Keith Webb, and we're going to talk about the coach model. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Hey, Paul. It is great to be here. Thanks, my friend. You have an exciting interview mm-hmm. with a uh, author, right? That you 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 had a conversation with Mr. Keith Webb. Absolutely, and he's uh, written a book called The Coach Model, and he was kind enough to be on the podcast to talk about his concepts in regards to that. I mean, I, I love doing this podcast now because. We get to talk to people who write books and have got really cool ideas, and uh, they've got things that they're out there sharing with folks to help them improve their life as leaders and managers, and that's what Keith does. So I'm excited to have him on the program. So here's your conversation with Keith Webb. Welcome, everyone. We're here today with Dr. Keith Webb. He's an ICF professional certified coach, author, and speaker specializing in leadership development. He is the founder and president of Creative Results Management. For 20 years, Keith lived in Japan, Indonesia, and Singapore. These experiences led him to question conventional leadership practices. Now he writes and speaks on topics related to leadership, and he speaks all over the world. I just want to welcome Keith Webb. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Roy. It's great to be on with you. It is my pleasure, and thank you for being on Coaching for Potential today. I love your book, The Coach Model, and we talked a little bit uh, beforehand. You said you wrote it, uh, I guess, was it the first time you wrote it? Was it released in 2012? Is that right? It was, yes. It was released in 2012 and continued to go along, and a publisher, it was self-published back then, and a publisher got a hold of me and said, hey, we want to publish your book, and so I made a revised and expanded version of it that released in October earlier this year. That is terrific, and yeah, I, I, that's the uh, the the uh, the edition I've got is the revised and expanded edition, and I loved it. And it's got just lots of great uh, processes and ideas on there. So I just want to kind of get started. And one of the questions I've got is, you know, for some of my clients, coaching is hard to learn and it's hard to implement. And and from your experience with working with coaches, what has been that experience? What is what have you noticed from that process? It is hard because coaching is rather counterintuitive for most leaders because leadership for many and particularly in our society is saying something, it's doing something. And so it's providing the answers, you know, giving, casting the vision, solving the problems, things like that. Whereas coaching is about not putting in in those ways, but drawing out. So it's drawing out from people their potential, drawing out from people their ideas, asking them questions so that they can reflect on their situation, reflect on what's going on inside of them, and then change their thinking or change their options in some ways. And so that's what coaches are up to. And so there's a lot of, of course, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what coaching is. As many people view coaching as just a, they're just grabbing the term and just using it for one-on-one teaching. But for me, it's about drawing out, not putting in. Yeah, that is a great analogy. I love that. And, and so I've seen managers when, they, when they're switching from that process, when they realize they need to start asking questions, what are some of the mental barriers that you see with the folks that you coach 
in, in the challenges they have in, in making that transition from being a teller, telling people to actually asking questions and drawing people out? <laughs> well, it's so three things. One is habits. So mm. we have a habit of telling. We have a habit of quickly answering. And it, it seems like the more we are in a leadership position, the more people expect us to do that and we want to do that. So habits, one of them. Uh, the other is laziness. It mm. takes it takes effort and work to ask people a good question and listen to their response. We actually, most people don't like doing that. Um, mm -hmm. And because we, it feels like it's taking a lot of time or what I really want them to do is just do what I tell them to do. <laughs> and, and so I don't want to ask them a question because they might answer something I don't want them to do. And so, so in that sense, it's, it's laziness. And that's, that's certainly what keeps me who, I do know how to coach. I do know how to listen and, and ask great questions. And I still don't do it at times. And it's often because I'm just trying to be, uh, I'm trying to be expeditious, but I'm not being, or, or I'm being expedient, but I'm not being effective. But the third thing that gets in the way is, I think it's our ego. Because when you're drawing out from other people, when you're letting them answer and you're listening to them, you're making them the hero of this story, of mm. this conversation. And I want to be the hero. I want to come up with the brilliant idea and have you say to me, oh, Keith, that's so good. Thank you for that. This is really going to help me. Thank you. And run off, right? Right. And I want to be the hero. I want to be the one that comes in and fixes it. I want to be the one that, that says, okay, here's what we're going to do. And when you're truly coaching people, they become the hero. But in the, as a result, you empower them, you show respect for them, you build their engagement, all these things that employees and the people we work with are looking for. Yeah, that is, I, will, I love that habit, laziness, and ego. And, I, and it's hard to pick which one is worse. Uh, we all suffer from them, but... <laughs> Which is the worst villain there in, in all of that process? I love it. And, and you also talk about coaching being counterintuitive, and you mentioned that a little bit in your first answer. But also, I think it's a great paradox. Don't you agree? It's, it's, the great paradox is people want to be the hero, so they don't want to use this tool. They just want to tell people what to do, but they also find that that doesn't get the results they want. So talk a little bit about you know, the, the, the counterintuitiveness of coaching and you know, kind of the great paradox that it is. Well, again, as people popularly understand coaching, coaching is about telling people how to do things. Well, it's not. It's about drawing out. It's about listening, not telling. It's not about giving answers and problem solving. It's about asking and exploring. It's about finding the answers not out there but in here many of the th the things that we have going there's we, we see the problem as external to us and we see the solution is out there somewhere external to us so we think what we're missing is some little bit of information mm. if we just had the right information so we try and go find an expert whether that's our boss or an outside expert or consultant or whatever, to tell us that missing piece of information. 
What I find is that the, they're not missing information. What they're missing is perspective. And if mm. they saw the same bits of information differently, they would come to different conclusions and therefore have different actions. So for me, a change of perspective uh, is really the biggest thing that's often needed in working with leaders. And the more capable the leader, the more this becomes true. It's very rarely, the higher up I go coaching people, very rarely is it that they need technique or tactical. What they need is an inside shift in their perspective and thinking. Mm, yeah, I love that. And, and one of the things is, that, and if you're alluding to this, I want to kind of go into it a little bit deeper, but what I see with leaders is they, if they rise up the level of success and they're in higher leadership roles, they just feel more and more compelled to tell people because obviously they're, they're successful and so they've got the answers and they want to they profess to the group. And really the great paradox is the more they ask questions, the more they engage people, and the more they bring them in. And I just think that's, that's the perspective you're talking about, if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yes, because what we're doing when we, we often, the people get promoted are often the people who are good at something and then they get promoted. But mm -hmm. there's a huge difference between being good at a task and being able to manage those who are doing the task. Those are different skill sets. And so um, Marshall Goldsmith has a book out called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And that's the whole premise of the book, that the skills that it took, your, for example, sales, your sales skills got you to be the successful salesperson. And so then they promoted you to sales manager. But now you're promoting salespeople. And how you help them is you don't just sell for them or through them. That's how weak leaders and ineffective leaders try to do it. They try and do it by micromanaging. So they try and micromanage the team and try and get everybody to do it like they did it because they were successful. Instead, it takes management skills, which is around helping people to think through what's what in their presentation is not right. What's inside of them keeping them from, for example, closing the sale and asking for the sale and so on. It's, it's not just hammering in, hey, you need to ask for the sale every single time. You need to close. But what is it that's, what, they know that information, but they're not doing it. So why aren't they doing it? And you can't just tell people what to do to find that. You've got to get inside and find out what their hesitations are. And yeah. people are very complex this, these ways. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. You've got to shift that perspective in order for them to be willing to adopt this concept and this idea to be a great coach. And you talked a little bit there about, you know, uh, skill set and mindset. And you've got the three coaching sets listed in your book, mindset, skill set, and tool set. Tell me a little bit about those three and why they're so important and how do you help people shift in those uh, areas? Yeah. So when people say, well, so what is coaching, Keith? You're saying it's drawing out, not putting in. It's not telling people what to do. So what is it? Well, I think that there's basically three sets, as you mentioned. There's mindsets, skill sets, and tool sets. And mindsets um, are things like the fact that, um, that 
you are going to use that asking questions. So for example, I knew how to, I, I learned how to ask good questions. Okay. I actually worked at it to learn to ask good questions, but I didn't have the mindset of that. So what would happen is I had the tool or, I mean, I had the skill of, which is a skill, how to ask questions, but I didn't have the mindset to use it. So what would happen is I wouldn't ask instead I would tell. And so I also knew how to listen. That's a skill set. So I learned active listening skills and I learned how to do that and so on. But what I found out is I didn't have the mindset to listen. And what, <laughs> to be brutally honest, what was happening is um, I knew how to listen. I just didn't want to listen because I didn't value what they had to say. <laughs> and, and deep down, it's like if they would just be quiet and listen to me, it would all go well. Yeah, and I so, could tell them how to fix this, right? Yeah, exactly. They would fix it perfect <laughs> if they just listened to me. And so, the, <laughs> so my, my problem wasn't a skill problem. It was a mindset values problem. And mm. so, so some of the mindsets are people can, um, or people can solve their problems. But another, another uh, mindset is me telling people what to do won't change them. It changes not an announcement. Um, change is much more complex than that. And another mindset for me is until I find out what's happening inside them and they don't often know what's happening inside of them that's blocking them from doing whatever it is they, they're wanting to do, until we find that, um, they're not going to change, really. Mm -hmm. uh, they can change a little bit if I give them some technique and they'll get it out. It's like exercise and exercise equipment. I mean, everybody buys it in the holidays. And then at first of the year, all the gym memberships, you know, they sell some massive percentage of their annual gym memberships in January. And in February, the place is empty. Well, mm. why? Because what was happening is they were trying to gut it out. They were trying to do just based off of, of skill. And they didn't actually change their mindset regarding exercise. And so, so you have mindsets, skill sets, some of the ones I just mentioned. Um, and then you have tool sets and there's definitely tools. So we've learned a lot of tools about speaking and convincing and things like that, about how to present and how to win people over. Those are tool sets that are for persuading and for telling. Well, there's tool sets related to drawing out. There's tool sets for asking. No, I agree completely. And this is one of the observations I've had with coaching is, you know, you mentioned it, you know, you talked about persuasion, things like that. And I've studied a whole host of books on persuasion and motivation and how to get people to do that. I have truly found that coaching is the most persuasive and motivating tool I have ever come across. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah. So Dale Carnegie wrote a book back in the 1930s, how to win friends and influence people. Mm -hmm. Even today, I mean, if we looked it up on Amazon, it's probably in the top, uh, every time I look it up, it's in the top 20 of any book sold through Amazon's website that day, right? Mm -hmm. It's updated hourly. Right. It's still selling today. Well, what was his conclusion? His conclusion was, if you listen to people, they will feel valued and, uh, and appreciated and they'll like you. And if they like you, they'll buy from you. Mm. So really, what's the, what's the number one sales technique? Shouldn't it be about your presentation. It should be about your asking. 
So when I'm talking to a potential customer regarding our services, I take the first 10 minutes easy, just asking them questions. You know, what is it you're facing? What are you hoping to achieve? What would you like to see happen? What have you tried so far? How did that go? Where, what, what's your hesitations for looking for a different solution or in potential solutions? They tell me everything. So mm-hmm. then when it comes time for me to actually share with them about our service, uh, whether it's a coaching training or whatever, I tailor the message to what it is they have already told me is important to them. And they're more predisposed to listen because I listened to them and I showed respect for them. And then I can also say to them uh, that what we have, it doesn't match what they're looking for because I found out enough. Uh, whether mm-hmm. it matches what they're looking for. So we end up with raving fans. Part of the reason is, is because we get the right people in the room in the first place. Because we help people who aren't really looking for what we are offering. We, we help them to make a different choice. No, I love that. And it's so important. And, and one of the things that you talked about in your book, and I love this, it may in fact, I may shift this to maybe my favorite coaching um, equation or coaching uh, definition but you talked about learning without teaching. Coaching is learning without teaching. And I, I love that. And I almost think that should be the new definition of coaching for me. I just love how you said that in the book. But give me your thoughts on that, learning without teaching. Yeah. So uh, well, you like that little tagline. Well, so one of the ones I've used around that is that coaching is um, personalized learning. Coaching's personalized learning, not mm. teaching. Right. Mm-hmm. So we tend to equate learning with being taught. Right. And so, so what I, what we look for is someone to teach us, whether we read a book to teach us or live, listen to a podcast or get a consultant or go to a class or whatever, we're looking for someone to teach us. But here's the deal. What if what we're trying to solve, nobody knows the answer mm-hmm. to. So how do we create new knowledge? We're in, we're in uncharted waters when it comes to the world of tech out there and how it's affecting people and how it's affecting um, our, the marketplace and, and so on. So how do we learn things that nobody knows? See, I had so many people back 20 years ago, I would go out and find mentors to mentor me on different things that I didn't know. But I was, I'm the kind of researcher type person. So I read a lot of books. I I, back in those days, you weren't listening. There wasn't podcasts, but I read a lot of books and the, those sorts of things. So what would happen is, is I would get some mentoring from people and they would, what I'd start to hear is they're just telling me what they read in a book. So they don't know either. They're just <laughs> regurgitating what they read somebody else say. And so how do you actually create new knowledge? And so, so this is the technique of, of uh, learning without being taught. And when you're coaching, so Rory, let's say you and I are, are coaching and you're, you're trying to solve some situation and you don't know the answer to it. And actually, I don't know what the answer is either. Because even if I've experienced something similar to what you're describing, it's still different because you're a different person than I am. So, so you might be, uh, you and I don't know each other uh, mm-hmm. that well, but you, you might be much more of a risk taker than I am or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Or, or you might be, you might have a long um, time with somebody or, or that organization. So you have a lot of credibility 
or because you have a long time with an organization, you have a lot of baggage that, that where people misinterpret what you're saying, right? So I can't tell you how, what to do. I could tell you what I did, but then you have to interpret it through your lenses. But if we do a teaching without being taught, I could just simply ask you what's, so I could ask you, what are you experiencing? And what, what possible solutions do you see with that? And where have you made some difference in that scenario, even a little bit of difference? And what do you think that difference was due to? And how did you achieve that little bit of difference? So if you take that little bit of difference, and I'm being super generic here, but if you right. take that little bit of difference, how could you pivot that or magnify it so that it might become a bigger difference? Or you applied that in this one aspect of this situation. How could you apply that same learning or same good experience in a different aspect of it? And so you can help people to solve problems or, or just face, just as you're talking, to say to somebody, so Rory, as we're talking together and you're sharing about this situation and what you've tried and what, what you might be able to do, what are you realizing? And just ask them to, to reflect because a lot of the, the, the barriers to leaders uh, moving forward into really big ways is we don't take time to think. We're so busy running from email to email to meeting and then this thing and that thing that we, we don't take time to seriously think and reflect. And it's one of the benefits of coaching is it provides a space for a leader to take time and reflect and to actually think. And then yeah. to be able to engage those thoughts and take them out a little bit further. No, I agree completely. One of the uh, taglines I put on my emails uh, are two lines that I put on there uh, from Bernard Shaw, which is actually from how to win, Influ how to win friends, influence people that you just mentioned earlier. And he's uh, Bernard Shaw said, Bernard Shaw said, if you teach a man anything, he learns nothing. And I, I always, I had that lined underlined the first time I bought that book, but I never realized how to do that. One of the shortcomings of how to win friends, influence people, I think is he didn't know how to teach us how to coach. You know what I mean? That, that concept wasn't sure. there when that book was written and right. coaching takes that, that process one step further. And the other thing that you just mentioned and is, and Confucius says this learning without thinking is useless and thinking without learning is dangerous. And that's really what you were saying there is that when, when folks, when leaders don't step away and they're thinking, they're learning or they're thinking without learning uh, or, they're, or they're learning without thinking, those are both useless and dangerous and it makes the situation worse where coaching can help them step us back and say, what are the real ramifications of this decision before you move on? Yeah, it does. And it takes, usually we don't ask ourselves the hard enough questions. And so an outside person asking you those questions will help you think deeper and challenge you. And again, the higher up you go as a leader, the fewer people you have who are challenging you mm -hmm. because you've got to, you know, we, we feel like we've got to have it all together. And we've to, we basically complaints all go up. They can never go down the chain. You know, you, you can't share, people can be vulnerable, but at the same time, you know, you have to, as a leader, you need to be fairly confident to your, to the people 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they have some confidence that somebody upstairs knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, so where do you get to be honest and where can you be really vulnerable? And that's often in a coaching situation. That, that's exactly right. And I want to ask, uh, this is one of the last questions I want to ask you about is the five steps of the coach model. And I love how you put this together here. And so just kind of cover the five steps if you can for folks on what are the five steps they can get from your book to help them coach more effectively? Right. So when I was thinking about how do we get to the good results that we want to with people and what would be what would be the elements, the key elements and activities that we would want to do every conversation to see that good result happen. So then I came up with five steps and here's the five steps. The first step is, is and it spells out that it's an acronym for coach. Mm-hmm. So C-O-A-C-H. So the first step is connect and that's to connect to the person personally. It's to, is to, basically you just say, how are you? And, mm-hmm. uh, and just listen. And in a work situation, you're, they're not going to be usually go on and on about what's going on in their life, but there's still some, uh, there's an appreciation for the fact that you're recognizing my humanity, that we're not just jumping straight into work. I'm not just a machine for you, but you're seeing me as a person. Mm-hmm. So it's connecting and just finding out what's going on. Because I've found out um, some amazing things through work relationships, including people who had been uh, just been to a doctor and had a bad diagnosis. But in my old days, I would have just simply jumped right into the work and mm-hmm. said, okay, let's get to work on that. And then I don't even find out the fact that they've got this doctor, this, uh, uh, one of them was a cancer. Um, that somebody had been diagnosed with and it wasn't coming up. Now that person didn't want to talk about that right then, but mm-hmm. they took, they, they shared about it because it's totally coloring their, their ability to work and, 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 you know, it's their, it's everything. It's huge. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just a simple connect and it's usually very short. It's also during connect is when you would follow up on what else you talked about or worked on previously. So what progress have you made? since the last time we talked Mm. and you could follow up on that. So that's embedded in there. So you connect, that's the C and then you go to outcome Mm -hmm. and outcome is a very coach like thing that I find even those who quote unquote coach people often don't do this and they don't do it enough. And that is to really get clear. What does this person want from our conversation? What are they looking for? It's the agenda. It's the outcome of the conversation. And we want to know this right up front, because if I know what it is you want from our conversation, as we talk, I have a clue as to whether we're on track or not, or whether we're on rabbit trails, or, or whether we're getting to where you want to go. And I also helps me to know as we're talking, I can get interested in all kinds of things that you're saying, but those things might not be relevant to the, what you're looking for, the outcome from our conversation. So I can curb my um, curiosity and keep it focused towards what you said you wanted. So a simple question for that is, so what are you looking for from this conversation? 
That's, mm. that's an everyday, that's not my coaches one. The coaches have a whole, we have a series of conversations. Uh, uh, we would take a, a couple of minutes easy to discuss what they're looking for and explore that. But, the, but the, a really simple one is, what are you looking for from our conversation today? And then they can tell you, I'm looking for input on this. And then when they say whatever the, this is, you say, well, what aspect of that do you need information? Mm-hmm. Oh, not on the whole thing, just the end. Mm. I did that with an admin of mine. Uh, she, I had explained a process to her um, and taught her how to do this process that had, let's say, 10 steps to it. And, she, and for some reason, she wasn't quite getting it. So I, you know, she said, can you walk me through it again? So I walked her through it again. A couple of weeks later, she comes back to me and says, I don't get this process. And, and I, I was irritated. I was, uh, yeah, I was irritated. <laughs> sure. We all have. <laughs> and kind of sure. in a snarky, snarky voice, I started explaining, okay, the first step is this. And the second step is, th- and third and fourth. And I get all the way through the 10 steps like this. And then she's listening. And then she says to me, yeah, well, the part I don't understand is step nine. And I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> Not only did I have a <laughs> snotty voice, but I just belittled her by walking through the f- first eight steps. All it would have taken, and this is with a point of outcome, all it would have taken is for me to ask, what part of it don't you understand? Right. And she could have said, step nine. And right. we could have jumped straight to that. And then, you know, even if I did give an explanation for it, you see how that would have been so much more respectful and, and saved us time. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's outcome. So you have connect with a person, uh, and which is usually very quick. And then outcome, what is it you're looking for from our conversation? Or what do you need from our conversation? I don't say need from me, because then it makes me sound like I'm providing the answers. I'm going to do your work for you. And I don't want to do that. I don't want the monkey on my back. So I say, what do you need from this conversation? Right. And then the third one is awareness. And this is where you explore and ask about it. So, for example, if the, in the situation of my admin who didn't understand step nine, so what, what, so what step don't you get? Step nine. So where are you, what are you confused with? And then she could explain what she's confused with. And I could ask different questions about that. Um, you know, for example, did you look over the sta- you know, the SOPs for that, the standard operating procedure? Um, procedures. Yes, I, I did that. And so what part's confusing for you still? Anyway, we could explore it to help problem solve it like mm-hmm. this. And so that's what happens during awareness. This is the bulk of the time. It's, it's not just looking for what's your solution. You've got to find, before you get to the action steps, you've got to find out what's the blockage. Right. What's, what's, what are they missing? So that's awareness. That's A. So COA. And then C, the next C is course course as in course of action. And this is what actions could you take to move forward? Right. And I like this one. I can sneak. I, I just ra- finished raising teenagers. They are 21 and 23 now. I successfully Congrats. lived through those years. <laughs> yes, it was quite painful. But we got to there. And one of the questions I would get, so, so what do you want to do to move forward on this? Mm-hmm. And I could say that to them and get, get it through to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, without them saying, no, oh, quit bugging me, you know? And so <laughs> um, what do you want to do to move forward on this, right? That's course. And then you help them smarten it up as much as it needs so that they'll be successful. Last step is H, highlights. And highlights just might sound like something nice, but it's more than that. It's really about 
uh, uh, th this whole model fits adult learning principles very well. And, and one of the adult learning principles is that as people, if you've been talking for 10 minutes, let's say, in a work situation, you've been talking for 10 minutes and you say, so what are you taking away from this conversation? They are taking away a solution maybe for the issue that they've got, but they also might be taking away something else. And it gives them just a, just a, you know, a, a half a minute to verbalize that. Because usually, remember, we think at about 400 words per minute. Mm -hmm. But we talk at about 125 words a minute. So while you're having a conversation with someone at 125 words a minute, their brain has an extra 275 words a minute going on. And we want to find out what's in the 275 words that's been happening simultaneously. And so when we get at the end, when you ask the highlights, so what are you taking away from this conversation? Or what awareness do you have now that you didn't before? pulls out or what are you realizing as we've talked? And they can say, you know what I'm realizing is I already knew the answer. I just didn't have confidence that I was correct. Mm. And then you can do a little mini coaching right around that. So, so what, so how would you, how do you want to do that differently? How do you want to approach it? Well, I think I need to, th I think I need to just sit with it a little bit and maybe I need to just try it out and do that. And then you can affirm them say, yeah, do that. But, at the same time, don't, don't hesitate to come back to me. But yes, give it a try. And you see how this is, gets into coaching as not being just problem solving, but coaching is developmental. Mm. We, we actually develop the people's capacity of those we work with in this way. Yeah, and that's what I love about it because ultimately as a leader, we want our folks to be able to carry on the task and do these responsibilities we want them to do when we're not there. And if we're developmental rather than just a taskmaster, we can typically get that result. And I think that's kind of the nirvana of the process when folks will do it when you're not there. Exactly. And yeah, it, I love it, that. It really does not happen when you tell people how you did it or you give them advice. You, we're not equipping them for solving things on their own. We think we, they are, oh, I'm modeling how to do problems. You're not, you're just giving them an answer. They don't know how you got to that. They don't know how you arrived at that. Right. And even if you explain your thinking, they still can't do it because they didn't do it. But when you help them arrive at that conclusion by asking questions and listening, they do know, and then you go over how they got to it. Because so, sometimes you have to even make their thinking explicit. And when you go over how they got there, how did you do that? What did you do to, to get to that conclusion? And you go over that process with them. Now you've built it into them. And, and now you're leaving them more capable than when they came to you. No, I, I love that. I love that. And the last question I love to ask folks that have written books and coach folks, and, and you've got a whole group of folks that does coaching, but what's your favorite coaching success story? Uh, what's that one out there? I, people love to hear the success stories. And so uh, what was your one favorite success story? Well, there's, there's been plenty and a lot of them have been in me, um, mm. how, I've, how I'm different. <laughs> um, so an, er, well, uh, well, an early on one, and I write about it in my book is there was a leader who was working in the Czech Republic and had a local partner, so a Czech partner, so it's a foreigner working with a local partner. And the two of them 
got crossweighed with each other and uh, was a conduit. And so the person I was coaching was the leader helping out these people. And what, what happened was the leader was giving advice about how to resolve this conflict. And I didn't know anything about culture in Czech Republic, but I had this Oh, well, but the results of trying to solve the conflict with the Czech national uh, wasn't doing anything. In fact, it seemed to be just getting worse. And so I asked the person just innocently, so how do people in the Czech Republic, how do they resolve conflict? Well, they, uh, well, uh, uh, actually, I'm not quite sure, you know, because, right, mm-hmm. it's, it's just like they, he thought he knew, and, but he didn't know. And I said, well, how could you find out? And he said, well, and then he started thinking about it. And so basically I coached him to, fi- to think of a couple of ways he could find out. So then he goes and does his research. He did it by t- talking to someone, he read a book, and he did something else to find it out. And then before we met the next time, he sent me like a, I can't remember, it was three or five page paper basically on how Czech people resolve conflicts. And it was almost <laughs> the opposite of what he was doing. What oh, he was geez. doing was pouring gas on the fire by using his, his way from his country, his country's way. He was pouring gas on the fire. And to me, that was one of the biggest eye-opening ahas. It was for that leader, but it also was for me because, you see, neither one of us knew what the answer was. But because we explored, we helped him find what he didn't know and what I didn't know. And then he could go about solving this um, conflict. I, I love it. And that's, that's what we want with coaching is getting the final solutions. So that is so powerful. So I know you do a lot of seminars and coaching and things like that. Keith, how's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they want to pursue some of those things with you? Yeah, so the easiest way is go to my blog, keithweb.com. So it's K-E-I-T-H-W-E-B-B.com. And I have articles on a lot of the things that we've talked about today. You'll see a link to the book. At the top, you can see a a button that says Coach Model, where I present the Coach Model in an eight-minute video, much like we did today. And then um, you can also see Coach Training, and that will shoot you over to our training site. Uh, wonderful. I absolutely love it. But I highly recommend people get a copy of The Coach Model. It's a great book on helping people improve their skills to become a better coach. So Keith Webb, I am delighted to have had you on as a guest today. And thank you for your time and expertise. Thank you, Roy. It was a pleasure. It is my pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Great conversation with Keith. I, I love Keith because he's, he's just so good at the coaching model, and he takes us through the five C's, and if everybody's heard that, and how you can connect and really, really help your team grow and get better. And so I just highly encourage people to use this, the coaching model, and how they can be better at coaching their folks. And again... The Coaching Model by mm-hmm. Keith Webb. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's on Amazon and Absolutely. every place else that you can buy your books. Right. And um, once they read the book, mm-hmm. they'll have lots of questions. That, How do they get a hold of you? That is a great question. Thank you, Paul. They can get a hold of me at RoyRoland.com and also CoachingManager.University. They can get a hold of me there. And 
you know, we're in the in the spirit of giving. Oh yeah. Since we are in the holiday seasons here, mm-hmm. I'm going to give away another free scholarship. The first the first person who sends me an email and says I want the scholarship, you will get the 52 module coaching manager university absolutely free okay. and what's the catch come on there is this no is catch too good to be true <laughs> there is no catch i want people to learn how wow. to coach and what we also do from that is then take them with the uh, regards to uh, every month i have a basically kind of a webinar where we talk with everybody who's a member of the you know coaching manager university scholarship program and they're able to join a phone call get on the call and then say, hey, I've had this problem or I've had this challenge or whatever. And we actually talk about real life examples that people have faced. And the catch is you'll have a better career, right? The better career, yeah. you're gonna learn, you're gonna learn, you're gonna be <laughs> self-development. And that's what Keith Webb's all about and the coaching model is helping you self-develop and get better. So with that, I just wanted to add that to folks and let them know that they could do it. Okay, well, thank you, Rory. We'll see you next time. You bet. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.